Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have a fellow Canadian. I'm actually from Vancouver, BC, Canada, and uh, Lori's over there in the east. And uh, her husband actually works for Air Canada, so, you know, uh, perks there. And she's actually a travel writer as well. Uh, so we're going to be finding out about her travels, uh, about uh, her travel writing, and any tips for people who are thinking maybe of starting a travel blog or getting into travel writing themselves. Uh, so, Lori, uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Thanks so much for this opportunity, and uh, thanks to a fellow Canadian. Love it. Um, I was a teacher for 30 years and uh, just retired about three years ago and actually moved into the travel industry planning trips for other people. Then decided I wanted a little more freedom to travel and uh, sort of retired a second time and moved into travel writing, which is I've been, you know, which has been great. Written all my life. I've had journals since the time I was 10 and figured I love to write. I love to travel. I love to take photos. What a great way to sort of combine the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, before we get into the travel writing, I would love for you to cover some of the major uh, travel you've done uh, in terms of uh, countries and continents and sightseeing. Wow. Well, just in the last uh, three years alone, I've been on uh, 26 trips, uh, some as short as a few days and as close by as Montreal or Quebec City, which is uh, only, Quebec City is about uh, seven hours from where I live. As far as Peru and Paris, uh, Italy, uh, lots of time spent in the United States, uh, lots of time on both coasts of Canada. Um, uh, just, I, I'm, I'm usually gone about every, every three to four weeks. I have a home base, but it's nice to come home, but it's nice to travel. That is definitely impressive that you're traveling that frequently. Um, tell us how that works logistically because you're based in a city. Um, do you base do a little mini excursions or longer uh, walk us through the logistics of that frequent travel um, I do um, if I can, my husband is a pilot so uh, I can travel on standby which means that I can get bumped but um, uh, I'm willing to play that game because I love to be at the airport and people watch and I'm always wondering where they're traveling to and I can go someplace like Havana, Cuba for 36 hours, uh, or I can go to um, Vancouver for a couple of days. He's not working, but we can jump on a flight if, um, if it works in our schedule. Uh, and I recently took a trip, believe it or not, to downtown Kingston, where I live. I decided that it's wonderful to travel the world, but you know, we often don't even explore our own hometown. So I just actually published a recent article just on being a tourist in your own hometown. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. A lot of us who travel, not only do, do we not see our own hometown, we often don't actually see our own home country. So um, oh, absolutely. I'm definitely guilty of that. I've traveled a lot internationally, I think 68 countries on six continents, but uh, I've seen very little of Canada. I've only seen uh, BC, Alberta, Ontario, a little bit of the prairies, but nothing, nothing um, in the Atlantic or up north Yukon. And wow. Uh, those territories. Wow. So I want to cover more of that. 
So, um, you know, uh, you mentioned earlier um, that your husband's a pilot. Um, you know, people are probably curious, what are some of the perks of uh, being married to a pilot? Uh, perks to being married to a pilot. Um, we get travel passes, which are not free, as most people think. Uh, we have to pay the administrative fee, but of course, it, it still is not the same price as um, an average traveler would pay. So that really helps with the cost of travel. And um, basically, you're on standby, and you try to pick places that, uh, like New York, for instance. I go to New York City a lot, and I would um, start out with the first flight of the day, and there might be eight or ten flights, and probably if I get bumped from the first two, I'll still get there at a decent time. So that's, that's definitely a nice perk. And if I happen to fly when my husband is uh, the pilot, hotel, of course, is paid for because he has to stay overnight wherever he's going. So I get to enjoy the hotel along with him, which is nice. So how, how often do you actually travel when he's actually flying? Because I assume most of the time he's flying solo and focused on his job. But how often yeah. do you tag along? Um, I, try, I try to go about every month and a half or so, uh, and it usually works out. Once in a while, uh, I'm not on his airplane, I'm on the plane after, or uh, for instance, he was flying to Los Angeles, but he had been elsewhere for a few days, so I managed to get on a different flight, and we met at the airport in Los Angeles, and then I flew home on his flight, so uh, that's kind of nice kind of nice. It's pretty lonely for him being in hotels all the time. So anytime I can go along, it's quite nice for both of us. Yeah, I was actually going to ask that. I was going to ask you about some of the struggles of being uh, married to a pilot in terms of him obviously having to go a lot and spend a lot of time overseas uh, and also, I guess, domestically. Uh, tell us about some of those challenges of uh, being married to a pilot. Um, he, the time zone is always different. I don't know what we would do without uh, texting. I don't know that we'd have a relationship without texting, to be quite honest with you. Um, that, that's great. He, he's gone a lot. Uh, he, in fact, will be, we're at Eastern uh, time. I think you're Central, did you say, earlier? Um, he will arrive home here tomorrow morning about 3 a.m., um, and he's been gone for five days. He'll be home for four, I believe, and then he's gone another five. Uh, so there's you know, no sort of pattern to it. Every single month is different. Uh, and it's, um, it's not as glamorous a job as most people think, uh, but uh, he's always enjoyed flying. And in fact, we have our own small airplane, a four-seater. So we use that for travel as well, which is really quite nice. Wow, I definitely want to hear more about that. So you have a small, is it a Cessna? And where all do you fly? No, it's a Piper Cherokee Arrow, uh, low wing with retractable landing gear. It seats four. Um, we've traveled uh, all through the East Coast. Uh, we could be in Prince Edward Island in uh, just a few hours versus, you know, 15 or 20 driving. Uh, we've flown up to Pelee Island. And uh, they have a small private little airstrip there. We landed there and uh, the little bed and breakfast we were staying at picked us up and then we had a nice tour of the island and stayed overnight. A couple nights actually, I think. Um, we've flown, uh, we fly 
all over the place. We fly to Toronto, uh, which is a three-hour drive with no traffic from Kingston, and it only takes us, uh, on a good day, 54 minutes from Kingston Airport to the Island Airport in Toronto. No traffic. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you definitely have perks when you're flying because uh, you don't have, you can avoid rush hour. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, Laurie, I'm curious to know about your uh, travel blog. Uh, tell us a little bit about the origin story. Uh, how did you come up with the name? Why did you start it? And what are you writing about? Sure. Um, eight months ago, my uh, husband and I started with the travel writing because I was, say, in my second retirement and uh, wanted to do something with my time and knew that writing was a big part of it. So we designed the website and voyage writers, I mean, we're traveling, we go on a voyage and we write. So it worked for us. So on uh, our website, voyagewriters.com, we have, sorry about that, I don't know where that came from. We have um, all the stories that uh, we've published. And my husband actually was a writer before. He had about 30 articles published with Canadian Aviator, but as a, you know aviation specialist. So now he does uh, my editing. I do the, the main writing and he does the editing. Uh, he's phenomenal at it. So we publish everything there after I've published it with uh, a variety of travel websites. So, and I'm very shortly starting um, the actual blog part where I've not gone through another publication. It's just come straight from me, which is really nice. So uh, what are the, some of the different publications you're writing for? Uh, the three main ones are uh, Miles Geek, Pink Pangea, and I'm the feature travel writer for womenmeanbusiness.ca, which is actually um, a website that goes across eastern Ontario for women in business, which is really nice. So, Awesome. And uh, you, uh, on your own blog, uh, you, uh, tell us a little bit about the vision. Uh, you know, what do you want to achieve from the blog in terms of uh, the writing, the, the marketing, the monetization, etc.? Well, I'm looking at um, just telling people stories about travel, just as if they were sitting across the table from me um, wanting to hear about the adventures. And maybe when, you know, some have disposable income now, some are working towards retirement, uh, maybe they might put that on their list. And if I can uh, make their travel easier, that would be a huge benefit. Uh, two articles I wrote were tips and tricks. Uh, and I had great response from people about things that they hadn't even thought of in the sort of tips and tricks of, of travel, uh, whether it was a beach resort or, you know, what have you. Um, wrote an article on traveling in the off season. That is a spectacular way to go. You still have all of the experiences. It, you know, it's, it's not a... Uh, budget travel and it's not super luxurious and you actually get to save money so we've done it a number of times we, we did Paris uh, rented a um, Airbnb uh, had a, a beautiful apartment in Paris for a week and uh, it was off season it was uh, November we were there for Remembrance Day and saw the uh, the ceremony on the Champs-Élysées near the Arc de Triomphe and uh, what an experience and yet we weren't fighting 
the huge crowds. So I just want to be able to have other people know that they can do stuff like that as well. Yeah, some great tips there. Uh, so you've been writing for uh, you know a few decades in terms of the, the actual writing, and now yeah. you're focused on your blog and other publications. Uh, any tips or advice on what makes good writing in terms of the headline, in terms of the body, and the actual article itself? Well, with the headline, it you need to write something that is catchy. There are so many articles out there right now. Uh, I wrote an article about Hawaii, and I um, entitled it The Lay of the Land. And it was about picking an island and staying there for the week. Then I wrote a companion article called Surf to Turf, where we did a cruise and so stopped at a number of islands. Uh, you want something that will make them look a little further into the article and you know differentiate yourself from somebody else who's also writing about Hawaii or Paris. Uh, the body of the article really just you know tell a story but with lots of useful information. They don't want to know I went here and then I did this and then I went there. No, it's not your journal. It's uh, really painting a picture of the place you've been, but just enough that they want to go there themselves. But they've also got a good feel for it before they get there. That yeah, makes sense? This is definitely the, uh, the problem with a lot of people who are just starting writing, especially travel bloggers. It will be very much a journal, which there's nothing wrong with that, uh, but it tends to be a little bit more egocentric, yes. um, me-centric, yes. rather than user-centric or reader-centric. So exactly. uh, I, love the, I love the tips about uh, make it about them, not about you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, uh, Lori, any uh, major bucket list items still to go? Uh, you know, you retired, I think you said twice, <laughs> and yeah. now your husband's still working in the airline, and you have all these perks before he retires. Uh, so where do you want to go in terms of the countries and continents and major sightseeing attractions around the world? Well, we've just booked a trip for our anniversary, but it's not for another three years, and we are doing a safari in Africa. And uh, we're going to make sure that we go before the trip, actually, before the safari starts and after, so that uh, you know we've got a good amount of time to really get a feel for uh, for Cape Town, for um, all the things that may come up on the trip that we'd like to do. Kind of like you, where you get to go to place and stay for a little while. So that's certainly a, a big one coming up. Uh, I've got five trips between now and uh, the first week of January already planned. Um, Nova Scotia, Vancouver, um, let's see, where else are we going? Uh, Guatemala, San Diego, and New York. So those are, those are the ones I know of. Who knows what will come up? <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, actually we were in South Africa earlier this year and that was one of my major bucket list items to do a safari and I actually did it for my 40th birthday at Kruger National Park and we spent about two months in South Africa going all the way from Johannesburg overland to Cape Town, uh, nice. you know, seeing the garden route and Cape Town is absolutely spectacular, one of the most beautiful cities I've seen in my life so nice. I know you're going to enjoy it and I, you know, you said it's three years away so that's amazing planning ahead of the game, you're really, you're really planning ahead. Yeah, that was because that's a really big one. We wanted to make sure we had that set and settled and uh, really want to make the most of that. And of course, um, I when I travel, I usually travel first, then write the stories. Um, 
And I want to do that one upright. I want to not only just travel for my own sake to travel, because sometimes as a travel writer, you think everything's a story and you need to sort of relax a bit and enjoy some, some downtime. But I also want to make the most of it because uh, Africa, for a lot of people, is on their bucket list. Yes, it is indeed. And uh, it's funny you mentioned that about uh, sometimes you uh, want to write about everything, like uh, every city I go to, every attraction I go to, uh, I want to write about it. But at the same time, I got to remind myself, I need to just enjoy it and not take a picture of every single thing and not exactly or share on social media about everything yeah. and not write about anything. Just enjoy the experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, when I was uh, a teacher, uh, whenever I traveled, I always had my teacher eyes on. And I remember taking a helicopter through the Grand Canyon. And my husband said, are you going to only see it through the lens of the camera? Or are you going to, and I said, but I'm teaching rocks and minerals at school. I, this is perfect. And of course, when we, you know, go to Paris, we've been there before, and we're going up the Eiffel Tower. And he said the same thing. And I said, but I'm teaching forces on structures. This would be perfect. <laughs> So I had to switch from the teacher eyes to the travel writer eyes. Not a bad gig, just just saying. <laughs> and sometimes you need someone to call you out. So good on your oh, husband for calling you out. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, people actually uh, both watching this and listening to this, and uh, behind you, you have an amazing picture, and you told me the story pre-interview. I would love for our viewers to actually um, learn about the amazing picture behind you, uh, the world map, and a little bit of the story behind that, if you don't mind sharing, Lori. Absolutely. Uh, this was a Christmas gift from my son, and what he did is he took a world map and put it in a shadow box, but then he put white pins in each place that my husband and I had traveled, either together or separately. And then the green pins represent everywhere my husband has traveled, and the pink everywhere that I have traveled. And then around the outside, there are photos that he took from my Facebook, and he's, draw, he's uh, attached thread from, me, from those pictures to a specific pin, and those pictures represent a bunch of different places that we've been. It was very meaningful. I, I, I couldn't believe it. That's a lot of hours of work for him. Yeah, no kidding. You, you know, your son's making me feel guilty. I don't do that amazing stuff for my parents. So I, I definitely <laughs> got to man up. I need your son up. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You can take that idea if they travel. Yeah, they, they don't travel as much as I do, but, uh, you know, I think they're definitely living vicariously through me and my wife and our kids. Um, they, they are pretty much the first ones to comment on everything we do. So That's they're obviously nice. following along. to making sure we're safe. Obviously, uh, they're probably worried like crazy because we're traveling with their, their grandkids, our kids. So they're probably worried a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I understand. <laughs> so, Loria, uh, to end off here, if people wanted to connect with you, find out about your travels, you know, find out about your travel writing and photography, maybe get some tips about travel writing, how can they do that? Uh, you can go to voyagewriters.com, it's all one word, and all of my um, social media um, things are there as well, plus all of my uh, published articles. There's a place there you can uh, contact me, and I'm more than happy to uh, give people tips or information or answer any questions they might have. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. Definitely some great insights into your travels and, uh, you know, perks of uh, obviously being married to a, a pilot. We've actually never ever co covered that in. We've, uh, <laughs> 
We've had 180 episodes, and we've never, ever covered that topic. So kudos to you for bringing that topic to our viewers and listeners today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again so much for the invitation. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for accepting the invitation and being on the show, Lori. Thank you. Take care. You as well. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. We'll catch you in the next episode. And by the way, make sure you join us on Facebook, too. We have an active Facebook community called Digital Nomad Mastery, where you can ask questions, engage, talk about travel, talk about travel writing, talk about travel photography, destinations, and much more. Uh, so make sure you join that community on Facebook. Once again, it is Digital Nomad Mastery Community. Uh, so we love building community amongst fellow world travelers. Uh, so thanks for tuning into this episode, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Happy travels, everyone.